Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. I'm wrapping the mingle up. No more mingling. No more being nice. Just kidding. Be nice. Please be nice. Hey, can you give it up for the worship team? Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> like how Phil just ducked under the lights. There's like an entrance here, like, you know, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's like you have to go under them. Okay. Bye, Rochelle. Hey, duck, don't, don't, there you go. Careful. Dangerous. Dangerous. This is so good to be in church. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, uh, today's a special day for me just because there's a lot of family in the room for me today. New family, uh, old family, actual family, spiritual family, all that stuff. Um, God is good. So thank you for that. Let me let me open up by praying first. Um, I feel like the Holy Spirit has asked uh, permission, and I, I mean, he has permission. Does he? Yeah, he has permission to break off some things. So um, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll get into that. So Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that your presence is here, and that you desire to break off chains. And uh, right now, Lord, we just speak to heaviness in the name of Jesus. And we break it off in the authority of Jesus' name. The years of bitterness has to go. The brokenness of families has to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you revive lives. You make streams in the wasteland, Jesus. You make a way in the wilderness. And God, I just declare freedom right now over families, freedom over children, freedom from bondage, from addiction, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're going to be doing today. We thank you, Lord, that you're setting captives free in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on. Um, This is, uh, I got led here during worship, and then Heather talked about it, and then I just prayed it. But Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, a.k.a. this is, you know, on Jesus. Uh, But on me too. Okay, sure. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And I believe there's prisoners in here today, and you might be struggling with something, or in prison in something, or you've kept someone else in prison in your own heart. And God is saying, it's time for them to break out. It's time for you to break out of that prison. So, actual message. All right, Father, do your thing. All right, who's happy to be in church this morning? Somebody is. Somebody is. Praise God. Man, it was, that was some good stuff. I was out, I was out here like, Lord, it's heavy. The spirit, you know, weighty, weighty. Well, we've been in a, a solid series, VR. VR, every homeschool mom is like, what is VR? What is VR? Um, Rochelle's like, my son has a VR headset, and... He looks like Terminator walking around the, the thing. Joel, are you enjoying the VR? Is Joel the only, does anyone else here have like a VR actual headset? Just, 
Oh, my boys, of course. Of course, my boys. <laughs> These are my honorary uh, children this morning, uh, you know, from birth. Not really. Whoa. Whoa. Spiritual. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Um, this message would not be the same if I didn't get one Skylar. Huh. Can I have one? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now I feel like I'm ready to go, ready to rumble. Um, here's the deal. There's a man named Saul in the Bible, uh, not the Old Testament Saul. This is the, the Paul that everyone knows, right? Everyone knows him as Paul. He was Saul, and he, he turned to Paul, right? So forgive me today if I say Paul, okay? We're not going to have a Paul counter. Um, that would have been fun, though. We could have had a Paul counter on the screen every time Alex says Paul instead of Saul. So if I say Saul or Paul, it's the same person. Bear with me today. So we're going to get right into it. A couple thousand years ago, Jesus arrives on the scene as a child, and he goes through his 30 years of uh, not being seen, right? He's not on camera yet, and uh, ages 31, 2, and 3, bless you, bless you, touch him, Lord, spiritual coughs, amen. Now, look, I have, I actually have Flonase with me if, if you need a squirt or two, a spray or three. Okay, this has been saving my life the past two days. Whatever's going around has to cease. Shoo! I about spoke in tongues. Just give me once. Flonase, though. So if my eyes are red, it's from, okay? It's like I'm a dealer. You know? All right. (sighs) Becca's shaking her head. Preach. Preach, Alex. Okay. So Jesus dies. He ascends. He, or he dies, he raises. And then he ascends. And uh, he, he kind of gives them the go-ahead. Like, hey, you're going to receive power. In Acts 1, you're going to receive power. And you have to go out. You've not been called to sit on the couch. Um, too many couch potato Christians in the world. Too many armchair theologians on Instagram not doing the work of God. I'd rather, I'd rather have a kid who has just started reading the Bible go out and start talking to his friends about Jesus than some 80-year-old dude who sits on his couch all day yelling at people because they got something wrong. I would rather have someone filled with the Spirit than someone so puffed up in their own knowledge that they're mean to people, okay? Besides the point. So God has called us to go out. And what do the disciples do? They stay in. They stay indoors. Uh, They quarantine until the Holy Spirit breaks through. They start praying, and the Holy Spirit comes, and tongues of fire. If you've seen it on Instagram, uh, Evie drew a picture, I believe it was Evie, of people with tongues of fire, little flames above their head. And um, whether you believe it or not, it happened. If the word says it happened, it happened, okay? Sorry if you don't like it. It ain't my problem. It's yours. Um, And take it up with God. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay? Um, So the Holy Spirit comes on them. They get bold. They start going out into Jerusalem. So they're they're slowly breaking out of their shell a little bit. And they get to the point where we get to the story in Acts 7 where Stephen, there's a guy named Stephen. So if there's any Stephens in here, I'm sorry. Um, this may or may not be your portion. I don't know your call. But Stephen 
ends up getting stoned to death because he calls out the religious Pharisees on their ignorance and on their arrogance and basically says, you're the ones who pinned Jesus to the cross. And so they say that's blasphemous. He sees the heavens open up as he's getting stoned and the, uh, he sees this beautiful vision of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says, Father, forgive them if they know not what they do. It's like he's, he's, in his last moments, he's mirroring Jesus. It's beautiful. But off to the side, okay, off to the side like a Sith Lord, behind the light, you know, just waiting for the, you know, is Saul. Saul Saul's there, and the onlookers, it says that they lay their coats at his feet. That's a sign of honor, right? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a very studious man. He was um, what you would figure as a very high and mighty religious leader. That was Saul. He had it going on. Okay? He had, uh, he had the drip, as my generation likes to say. He had spiritual drip and probably physical drip because the Pharisees of that day were looking good. Okay? They had all the stuff, all the garments, all the diamonds, all the things. And let me tell you what. One diamond is expensive enough, let me tell you what. Okay? Holy moly. Uh, let me just, look, me and DoorDash are about to become best friends again. Let me say that, okay? Amen, amen. Um, but I'll buy it again, because I love her that much. Yeah, oh, so cute. So cute. All right. So Stephen dies. And Acts 8.1 says this. It says, Saul approved of their killing him. That's pretty dark. Here's a religious man who's supposed to be representing a loving God. And don't get me wrong. The, the God of the Old Testament is loving. Because it, it ultimately, God has stayed the same. And, uh, but Saul approves of their killing. Is that the character of God? I'm not sure. That, that Saul is approving of their killing him. And what's funny is, in this moment, Saul was the one veiled. Saul thought he could see. But he was the one that was veiled. Stephen was the one who actually, actually saw. Because Stephen had an encounter with Jesus, and the veil was taken off of his eyes, and he saw Jesus. He saw the heavens open. You see, when you have an encounter with Jesus, it's no, it's no longer just a religious activity. It's no longer a thought of Jesus or the idea of Jesus. It becomes the real thing. He enters your life. It, he, he, he opens up the heavens. And you see him. And when you see him, your life is different. You act different. You say different things. And when you're dying, you forgive. You don't cast blame. He didn't say like the disciples used to when they didn't really know what Jesus was on about. They were like, cast fire on them, dude. Bring the meteors down. Right? Can you imagine? I mean, the world's going through craziness. If a meteor came, what would CNN do? Jeez. Ah, I'm not going to say the Pharisees were CNN, but that's a whole other story. Okay. If you're offended, I'm sorry. We have doors. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's mean. That's mean. I'm sorry. Heather's like, please, please. We've All right. So we pick up, we pick up our story, 
And uh, here's the deal. We, we, leave a, we leave a chapter in the dust. We go through chapter 8 and we get to chapter 9. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone, because they were veiled. Saul just got his veil ripped right off. The hoodie came back. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that one more time. He has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained regained his strength. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I love reading the Bible just continuously and going through the story, because then everything pieces together, and, and it's like, why, why do I need to preach when the word is right there? You know, I just I, let's read it three times and then y'all can leave. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But this, this section of chapter 9 creates a tension for us today. Saul was walking in darkness. He encountered Jesus, and then his life changed. He wasn't walking in darkness and then sat down amongst his friends at the frat party and thought, now, look, do I really walk this out now, or do, or I don't know, man, I think I should maybe take a break, or, you know, I'll get it, I'll do that later. Like, I know I'm walking, like, I know the decisions I'm making right now aren't that healthy, but I'll figure it out later, like when I'm older, you know, then I'll have time, you know, because right now I'm trying to do my thing. Darkness, kicked off the horse. Got knocked off his high horse. How many of us need sometimes to get kicked off our little high horse? 
and be led by people into a new place in darkness, not knowing what's going on. Have you ever felt like that? That Jesus, you encountered Jesus, and then he said, you're going to this new place, and you're like, I thought I was going to a different place. I thought I was going to be doing something else, but he's leading you by the hand in darkness. Because what happened? He opened his eyes, but all he could see was darkness. So Saul was seeing, but his veil, right, what he saw, he was living in the kingdom of darkness, ultimately. His master was Satan, the accuser of the brethren. And that's what he was doing. He was accusing the brethren. And how funny is it that he went from accusing the brethren to being the very one who Jesus says, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name. Why do he say that? Jesus, you're not allowed to say that. You're Jesus. No suffering. It's supposed to be easy. How many of you heard that gospel? Follow Jesus. Everything will be better. Your bank account is about to grow. If you invest in Bitcoin right now in the name of Jesus. If you invest in Alex Gray's bank account because he just bought a ring. That's seed money. God will bless you. God will bless you. I'll pray for you guys, by the way. My account number is 01. Okay, just kidding. You know, SefQ is hard to deal with sometimes. You're asking about rings. I'll tell you. I about had to kick some people off the high horse for a moment. I was like, look, look, I'm in love. Just give me your give me the money. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. How true is that today? People are woke. They're all seeing. They know all this stuff. Completely blinded. Completely darkened in their thinking. Completely darkened in their mind. And the tension I was talking about earlier is you're either in darkness or you're in Damascus. This message ultimately is entitled From Darkness to Damascus because all of us have gone through that season in our life. If you're a follower of Christ, you were in darkness. There is no, well, I'm a good person and I'm going to prove it. And I have a friend, one of my best friends, far from God. And his whole deal is, I'm just good enough. I got it going on. I got the job. I got the girl. I got whatever it takes. I'm smart. That was Saul. Saul had it all going on. Saul was the churchiest of church folk. He was more churched up than all of you church folk. Okay? He walked in here. He's front row every day. He's the last one in. First one in, last one to leave, right? He's dripped out. He's got the religious sayings. He's got Christianese. It's his second language, first language. He was better than you. He upheld the law better than you. He knew it better than you. Jesus didn't care. Didn't care. Paul later in his letters, he, he talks about how he was the best Pharisee. He was MVP, right? All-time scoring Saul Paul, right? Okay? That's when he changed teams, right? When Michael Jordan came back, he was 45. It was the 45, 23 to 45. Saul was Michael Jordan of the law. Jesus came, he fulfilled the law, and then he said, I, I love that you mentioned that, Chris, about the law of death, but then there's the ministry of grace, right? 
the ministry of life and how much greater, if grace was poured out back then, how much greater is grace going to be poured out now? And that's what, that's what Saul ultimately encountered. He encountered grace. He encountered grace. Because he's out here killing Christians, putting them in prison. Jesus could have responded very differently. But he, he didn't. He said, and you know what, I'm actually going to use you for my glory. For my glory. So today, um, we're, in a, we're in the VR series, and so I, in, in the spirit of VR, I wanted to give you guys some reality checks. Some reality checks about the faith, some reality checks about your life, and uh, what it's like to follow Jesus um, within this context here in, in Acts 9. So reality check number one. If you're ready, if you're taking notes, okay, if you're a note taker, you're welcome. I have points for you. We're best friends now, okay? Okay? Reality check number one, you will be doubted. I hate being doubted. You ever been, like, so sure of something and you're telling your best friend and then they're like, no. Absolutely. You're like, no, but for real, like, I would know, right? And they're like, no, 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 that can't be it. That can't be it. Like, like Chris, right? I'm about to be kicked out of this church in like five seconds, but Chris, like, like he was convinced that Green Bay was going there. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it. Okay. Doubt it. You'll be doubted because, look, Damascus moments create Damascus disciples. And how many of us are super uncomfortable with Damascus people? Because Paul, Saul, okay, we like Paul. Paul's beautiful. Paul's the guy who wrote all the New Testament, basically, right? Paul's the man. We love Paul. Saul? Shoot. You know he was out last night killing Christians. Now he wants to be in our circle. Give him time. Oh, he wants to join our small group? Well, you know that Instagram post he had the other night? Yeah, I don't know about that. That Instagram post right before he was on his way to Damascus. Why are we writing people off? Right? Why do I write off my friend who's got it all together? Like, well, I've tried... But I guess it'll never happen because it's him. And I go, wow, what a small view I have of God to where I'm the one with power to change this person's life and not God. Because when you're, when you're essentially, you know, God's the one giving you authority, giving you power. So he's the one that ultimately has it. You know how awkward it is to try and knock someone off a horse? When you're a little itty-bitty guy, get off the horse, right? It's impossible. But Jesus is the one that does it. And I'm guilty of that so much. I'm a quick judgment guy. Saul doesn't look the, the, the right way. He's the one murdering people, right? He's the one smoking. He's the one drinking. He's the one out partying. Well, guess, here's the deal. I was that guy in high school. Um... I, I was the guy who, I, I, was, I wasn't crazy, 
but I was crazy enough to be dangerous, right? Like I'd sneak out with my friends and go street racing. I, by the grace of God, you know, I have life, okay? There were many moments in my car, my little Honda Accord, praise God for that sports car, four-cylinder, you know, couldn't push 60. That thing was moving, you know. When you're 16 and you're moving at 50, you're like, fast and furious 10, I'm coming. That's me. That was me. So I'm living this life in high school and church boy on Sunday, right, lying to my parents all the time. And, uh, but in secret, I was Saul, right? But then I had a encounter. And I gave my life to Christ, and in that moment, everything changed for me. Because when I encountered Jesus, it was like, oh, no. I can no longer be approving of their killing, right? I have to be an instrument that God chose. So then I started, it was like a quick change, right? You've seen those magic shows where the guy, he starts off in his little tuxedo, and then they throw the bag over him, and it's... And then he's magically in other clothes. How's that legal? I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Quick change. Jesus will do that. He'll take you from Saul to Paul overnight. That's what happened to me. I was Saul to Paul overnight. And then I went on Nike ID and I created custom shoes that said Jesus Freak on them. So when you put them together like that, it said Jesus Freak. Right? I was a really weird kid in high school. I had got, you know, like got milk. I had Got Jesus stickers, same font, you know, black background, white font. I'd slap those all over lockers and stuff. I was vandalizing the school in the name of Jesus, <laughs> committing crime in the name of Jesus, vigilante disciple, okay? I was Batman for Jesus, all right. And my friends, guess what they did? Did they believe me? No. They doubted me. And I thought, wait. You're supposed to believe me because I had an encounter. No. No. And here's, here's what happened. It happened to Saul. Verse 21. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who uh, raised havoc in Jerusalem? Isn't he the one who was at the party last night? Isn't he the one who messed people's businesses up? Isn't he the one who maybe stopped uh, being faithful to his wife. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Wait, I thought Alex was the partier. I thought Alex was the guy who would sneak out and do stuff and he would hide this and he would say these things and act this way when he was in certain crowds. I thought that's who you were. And guess what? I stopped getting invited to everything. I could no longer sit at the lunch table anymore, and I was losing friends. I was losing friends. And I thought, made the wrong decision. Shouldn't have started following Jesus. But you know why you get doubted? Because you're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, it's hard to see light. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And so naturally, when you're doubted, you feel alone. It's like, am I the only one going through this right now? 
I'm trying to live out my faith, but it seems like everything's against me. No one believes me. Who's on my side? Well, guess what God does? He brings a Barnabas. So reality check number one, you'll be doubted, but reality check number two, there will be a Barnabas. There will be a Barnabas. Barnabas, what a name. Parents, don't name your child Barnabas. Come here, Barney. Little Barney, come here. Barney. Right? Then again, we do have kids in this church named Kale. So, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. She's like, what? Coming at my son? Don't come at my son. Phil, Phil Schaefer, he's like, he's looking at me like, catch me outside. How about that? Right? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So Barnabas, I'm, and I'm scared of Phil now. I can't look at him in the face right now. Yeah, he's doing the closing song. I'm going to sing. We sing, oh, whoa. I'm Phil now, okay? Phil? Phil, are we cool? Okay. This, hey, this podium is not tripping. This thing is heavy. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You came for, you came for a message. Uh, so that'll be a Barnabas, amen? Look at this, verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul in his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. We need a Barnabas because no one saw the Damascus. You've had a life change. I had a life change. But the people who were not in Damascus, right, they were in Jerusalem, they didn't see what was happening in Damascus. And so what was happening, the church was like, whoa, 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 we don't know him. We kind of know, we know of him. We know his reputation precedes him. We know he's the guy that was out here killing folks, putting them in prison. But, but we didn't see the Damascus thing. What, do you, what, what is this Damascus? You mean he changed? He had a life change? But he needed a Barnabas. He needed someone to vouch for him because he was doubted. I had a Barnabas my whole life. And really, he became Barnabas to me when I was like 17 because that's when I had that encounter with Jesus and I, I started to live it out. And I remember we were at the gym one time and he brought me, yeah, I know, Ashton, I was at the gym. It doesn't look like it right now, okay? But that was almost 10 years ago, okay? I lifted once and it was over. It was over. <laughs> it was over. Um, he gave me a Bible wrapped in newspaper. I thought it was the sweetest thing. Big old study Bible. Let the, look, I'm going to give my kid the largest Bible I possibly can find. Those big old things, extra big letters, you know, the study, just to embarrass him and, st and, and he he's going to have to count the cost. Because when I started lugging that big old thing around school, oh, my gosh, I was getting roasted. You would have thought just the, the Jesus freak was enough. Kids can bear shoes. You start lugging a Bible around, it'll test your faith, Okay. The teachers will start asking, why you got that out? We're in history class, Alex. Now, I was a punk. You know, I was reading it during class, not paying attention. And I'm like, but I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> history teacher's like, I don't care. You're getting an F, you know. 
And my, my Barnabas was there for me. He opened doors for me. That's what Barnabas did to Saul. He vouched for him. He believed in him. He knew that he had a Damascus moment. And church, let me encourage you that there's people in your life right now that you need to be Barnabas to. There's too many, I see too many of my friends in the faith who are my age right now, this generation struggling with it, but they're leaving the church. They don't have a Barnabas. They're doing it on their own. There's no one there for them to say, no, but he had an encounter. Because that's what's happening. Jesus is touching lives of young people. He's touching lives of old people too. And, but these young people, they don't feel believed because they look different. They sound different. They're not the same. They're Saul right now. They look like Saul. But they've had a Damascus encounter. But the church is saying, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. You don't necessarily know all the lingo yet. So your Instagram posts are a little too suspect. Those tattoos you got? I don't know about that. What's with the bird? Why do you have a hand tattoo? Now, neck tattoos, that's a different story. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we need a Barnabas. And here's what I've found, okay? Sometimes Barnabas will leave. Barnabas is leaving right now. I'm just kidding. He doesn't even know that it, I'm done. Um, <clears throat> so Barnabas could leave, and that's okay. Because Barnabas still loves Jesus. Barnabas still has his call, and you still have your call. God will bring you another Barnabas. He has a way of doing it, right? This church became Barnabas for me. The people in this room became Barnabas for me. My boys were a Barnabas for me when they didn't know it, when I was going through a hard season in my life. My family was my Barnabas. There are people that God will bring you to encourage you and believe in you. And guess what? When you're doubted so much in your life, being believed in is uncomfortable. It's so awkward. Carly will tell you. All these conversations I've had with her about, I'm like, Carly, why do they think I'm the man for the job? Why, why do people believe in me like this? Do they know me? Do they know what type of Saul season I've been having right now? And it's just constant believing, favor, encouragement, blessing, generosity. And I'm going, stop being Barnabas right now, please. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's so uncomfortable getting believed in. But that's the kingdom. Jesus believes in you. More than you believe in yourself. This church believes in you more than you believe in yourself. I hate when people say that. Because I don't believe in me the, the way people believe in me. Right? Because it's uncomfortable. Because we've been taught in the church, look down on yourself. Beat yourself up. Be terrible to yourself. Have terrible self-image, and that is holiness in the name of Jesus. Did, did Jesus say... <clears throat> Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. If he gets his act together and starts acting like, a, uh, like he's not good enough. No, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings. He doesn't even mention it. He doesn't even mention his past. We're so quick to think because we go to Jesus going, he's going to talk about it. He's going to bring it up. He's going to bring up my shame, my guilt. God's like, miss that part. Come in closer, right? I love you. Because he chooses to forget. It's not like he doesn't see it. He's God. 
But as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father that has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him and love him. Right? So he sees it. Parents, you see the muck and the, the craziness of your children. But you, look, you love them anyways. Right? So that's what God is doing. So reality check number one, you'll be doubted. Reality check number two, there will be a Barnabas in your life. Which leads to reality check number three. That God will fulfill his purposes, sorry, his promises and his purposes. I'll throw that in there. God will fulfill his promises. Look what happens. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. How many know that peace is a promise from God for your life? If you don't believe me, believe God. Believe the word. Okay, let me open up to it because we have time for that. We have time for the word. Wow. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace is a promise. In that song, peace. Peace is a promise he keeps. Worship team? No, Phil? Phil's like, yeah. I like that song. I think, it's, I think it's amazing that Jerusalem, okay, so there was persecution. There was persecution, and they start to spread out. They go, right? One of the coolest things I ever heard, and I realized after hearing it that, wow, that's so true. But sometimes God takes a long time to do something quick. He'll set you up and 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 set you up. And you're like, when's it going to end, dude? Can I get, can we get to the thing yet? What you've promised, can we get there? I thought Jerusalem was supposed to be like this. We're all in it together. You know, everyone's like, let's go. Jesus, Jerusalem. Wow, it's popping off, right? persecution. Get out of town. We're killing you. It took eight chapters. It took nine chapters. But then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. And so what you think is taking eight chapters, the ninth chapter is coming. What you thought God has taken forever, is he ever going to bring the one? Yep. Come on. Tell you what, I'm 26 years old. I'm so old. All the old people are like, you just called me old. See, Heidi was like, I'm not old. That's a spirit. I'm just playing. <laughs> Age is just a number. Age is just a spirit. Just kidding. You're actually that old, but whatever. So, what was I going with age? I don't know. The pad's on, so I have to be really spiritual. Thank you, Andrew. God is not slow in keeping his promises, right? He wants everyone to repent. 
He wants everyone to come to him. He wants everyone to feel uh, the weight of his glory, his presence. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And God's kindness leads us to repentance. I think God was being pretty kind to Saul. And here, here's where it gets fun. All right? In Acts 1. Okay, this is what God does. Acts 1. Oh, man. You will receive power. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. So Jesus said it here. And all this happened until we got here. Where, what happened? Promises were fulfilled. Did you catch that? Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, right? Exactly what he just said. They enjoyed a time of peace and strength, and, and people were coming to Christ. Was it because of judgment? No. It was because of the Holy Spirit having full access. The Holy Spirit taking the veil off of one person's eyes to be able to have freedom from darkness to get to a place in his life where he turns it all over and goes, I had a Damascus encounter, so I'm no longer going to live like I was in Jerusalem. And here's what's, here's, what's, here's what's glorious. He was in Jerusalem. He has a Damascus encounter. Now, here's the thing. He wasn't even in Damascus yet. He's in Jerusalem in darkness, knocked off the horse, has an encounter with Jesus, and then gets led by the hand into Damascus where he receives his calling and gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he goes back behind Rochelle to Jerusalem and starts preaching and declaring the gospel in the synagogues. God used Saul's darkness to bring him full circle to preach light to a darkened Jerusalem. And God is going to use all of you today who receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do the same thing, maybe in your family, in your school, in your kids' lives in your parents' lives, in your work, in your employees, or maybe your employer's life. God has called you to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? When Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, woo, when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. You see, our world's so used to living in the VR in the, what can I use, what can I take, what can I see, who can I be to drown out all the pain, to forget I was ever in Jerusalem in the first place. But when they encounter the Holy Spirit, when they have a Damascus encounter, Damascus road experience, and the veil comes off, when scales fall from their eyes, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you can see again. How many of you know when you encounter the Holy Spirit, even as a believer, when you, when you encounter the Holy Spirit again and again, it's like, whoa, I didn't see that before. I didn't know that before. And so the Holy Spirit wants to free people again. And he could see again. It's not that you can't see right now. Some of you right now, you can see the Holy Spirit. You can see him. But it's the next layer. It's the peeling back of the onion. And maybe you'll cry because onions. Do you know if you run water while cutting onions? Try it. Try it. Okay. This is supposed to be a sweet moment. And I'm talking about water and onions. Sorry. And so, as we wrap up, I, I want to give everyone in here an opportunity to get real with God and go, whoa, I've been living in Jerusalem. And there's, there's, there's two Jerusalems right now, right? You see what's happening? There was Jerusalem in darkness. The whole encounter moment. The messing up of Paul's plans, Saul's plans, to get him back here, to do what he was called to do, to be his, to be God's instrument. You're God's instrument. So let's close our eyes for a moment, and I'm just going to pray for us. This Holy Spirit's working in this moment. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here and you're moving. Holy Spirit, we ask you for your presence here to be powerful and tangible, that you'd begin to rip scales off of people's eyes, Jesus. Father, that your presence would be so, so huge in this room that we couldn't help but notice that you're in the room. So, Lord, we welcome you here in this moment to, to speak, to heal. Jesus. I feel like there's just so much, there's so much heaviness built up over the years on people's hearts right now. And for you, those have been scales over your eyes. It's been hard to see what Jesus is trying to do in your life. It's been hard to experience complete freedom in Christ because heaviness has been the veil. Heaviness has been the way that you've lived your life. You've made decisions out of heaviness. You've loved your kids out of heaviness. And God is saying, you can be free right now. So instead of having God having to knock you off of your horse, why don't you just get off of it today? Why don't you just have that moment today with Jesus? Because when you surrender to him, he gives you everything you need. All Saul needed was the scales to come off of his eyes, and he could see again. And so, Jesus, we declare scales to come off in the name of Jesus. 
scales to go off right now. Ligaments in the name of Jesus be made whole. Healing in this place right now. Holy Spirit, that you would rain down like a flood and fill people with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you are a different person. So, Lord, we give, we give today to you. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, that someday we're going to have the opportunity to see you face to face and say, holy is the Lord. That we could be like the angels in heaven and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord because he ripped the scales off of my eyes. Holy is the Lord because he took heaviness from me. Holy is the Lord because addiction has been broken in the name of Jesus. Eating disorders have to stop in the name of Jesus. Value has been placed on you in the name of Jesus. Prophetic words are being released in the name of Jesus. This is not a place of fear. This is a place of freedom. So God, we declare holy are you, and we thank you for what you're going to be doing today in your name. We thank you, Lord, that you are taking us from Saul, and you're creating Paul's today. And you're removing darkness from people's lives and calling light into existence. When God created the world, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light where there was darkness, Jesus, today. In your name we pray. Amen.